Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 25th, 2016. It is Orlando Magic Game Day Eve. It is the beginning of the NBA season today, and we are here to get ourselves set for the beginning of the Magic season. We're joined by our good friend from Orlando Pinstripe Post, Zach Oliver. Zach, we finally made it. It's it's the regular season. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, I'm just glad that Negan didn't bash my head in with Lucille over the weekend. No, no spoilers, man. No spoilers. <clears throat> no spoilers. I'm still on season two on Netflix. No spoilers here, but uh, my head is still intact, um, and I'm ready for some basketball starting tomorrow. Awesome, awesome. And we're no longer stuck in purgatory the entire time. Uh, I just ruined Lost for all of you. Uh, that's not true at all, actually. Uh, but uh, obviously, it's been a long time coming. We've had our chance to take a look at the Orlando Magic through seven preseason games. We're finally here at this moment uh, where the team's going to start playing games and start answering all these big questions what was your big takeaway uh, from the preseason games you were you were able to watch, uh, and, and what should Magic fans expect, or what's the baseline they should expect uh, heading into to the season? The, my biggest takeaway is that seven preseason games is too damn many. <laughs> now, most of the players agree with you there. Hey, we need to cut this down to like three or four, get the season started earlier, cut down on back-to-backs and four games and five nights. But, you know, that's a, another story, another another discussion for another day that's hopefully going on between the owners and the players trying to figure out the new CBA, which sounds like it's going to be done soon. But I, I think the big thing is, you know, I think early in the season it's still going to be a little rough because they're integrating half the roster. So you, you've got eight of your 15 guys haven't played with or nine of your 15 guys haven't played with each other before this season. Yes. You have those seven preseason games, but how many, how many games were they actually a, a whole unit? None technically since Jody Meeks is, has been out. So I think we're still going to see some more, some more of those growing pains early in the year. They'll, they'll get some wins because I think their defense is, it's not where they want it to be, but I think it's getting closer and especially we saw during the Pacers game that the Bismack Biombo and Serge Ibaka pairing can work. So I, it's so hard to take, to take away from the preseason because of the fact that, A, you don't have a whole roster. You're playing against guys who, for some teams, aren't even going to be there come Tuesday. Come today. Or Yeah, come today. And then... Which is you know, you're, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you're trying things. So, but at, at the same time, there's there's things you can take away because I, I think we've we've seen some some glimpses of what this team can be. Now it's just a matter of them really putting it all together 
and having a whole product, which, like I said, it might take a little bit of time still. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's a big thing that the team has continued to say throughout this this whole week, uh, throughout the last few day few games of the preseason is it's it's going to take time. That no one knows when it's going to happen, when it's going to really click in. Uh, it could it's going to take into the season to get everything to work because of what you said. They didn't have the team completely together. They didn't have uh, the they, they they're they're still getting used to each other. Uh, but we you're right. We did see some flashes and and really. Uh, what I think was really important is the Magic had their dress rehearsal last Thursday against the Pelicans, and for as bad as they looked in the first half, they looked so much better in the second half, and that, I think, is a big confidence builder for the team. It was a, a great opportunity to, sh- to kind of flash their muscle. Um, I agree. I think that Serge ibaka bismack Biombo pairing really did look like it could work uh, successfully uh, for the team uh, you know, it, it didn't seem like a pipe dream. And, and even Nikola Vucevic looked better on the defensive end. And so it did seem like there were glimpses of how this team can individually play defense better. It just isn't quite together as a unit. And I think that's going to be a big theme through the first 10, 12 games of the season almost is how does this team come together you know, a big thing I think that happened in the New Orleans game, frankly, was their urgency stepped up a lot and they played a lot more kind of frantic and, and focused. And if they play with that kind of energy in the regular season, they're going to be a really tough team. They're going to be a team that no one really likes to play against uh, because of their defensive defensive ability. And like we've said all summer, that's that's a big key to what they're trying to do this season. Yeah, and, you know, we, you talk so much about how important it is for players to learn where guys are going to be positioned offensively at the same time you need to have that defensively too because if you're guarding a guy on a perimeter you, you want to know where your help is if you're where you're trying to funnel funnel them down into the into the paint so that's something that yes you'll get a little bit of familiarity with throughout the throughout the preseason but that's going to take more time because you know Serge Ibaka might like him coming more directly down the paint when Bismack Biombo and Nick Vucevic might want them coming at more of an angle. Yeah. So it, it's, it's small things like that that take time because especially for a guy like Evan Fournier, who while he's not a terrible defender, he's not a world beater there. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to need help. Yeah. Especially when he gets a bigger, when he's defending a bigger guy. So he needs yeah, to know. And, and when work. he's defending maybe guys who are quicker than him. Cause I think, the, yep. you know, going down back to shooting guard, He's going to be guarding guys that are a little bit, little bit faster now. Yeah, so you know he's going to have to know where that help is, and that's just another thing that's going to come with the team playing together more and and getting that cohesiveness, which is is going to take time. Rome wasn't built in a day, and a great team isn't built with a month of practice. It, it, absolutely, and. You know, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how this team comes together. Of course, um, you know, we've all pretty much everyone has asked me what are the Magic doing? How do these pieces fit together? Uh, and you know, my answer has been, you know, I'm still figuring that out, and I don't think the preseason was was going to answer that question. Yep. Generally, I think everyone suspects that this defense is going to be very, very good. But what what did you see from the offense in the games that that, that you saw um, that this team can do well? I, I think that. They're going to be okay. <laughs> I, I, I can tell I, by that sigh what exactly what your answer is going to be. <laughs> I think that it's 
it's going to be partially dependent on who's on the floor because this was something that you pointed out that was mentioned um I believe it was after the first home game against the Spurs that Evan Fournier said that going around screens from Bismack Biombo is completely different from Nikola Vucevic because Biombo just clears space so much better than Vuce mm-hmm. does. I think that in in a weird way because of because of that when Biombo's on the floor I think the offense has the potential to be slightly better than we expect because of the little things that he does. He's a really good screener. He's he, you know, crashes down into lane and seals off his man really well to get position even if he's not a big threat to finish. And he's one of the best offensive rebounders in the game. So, you know, it's it's small things like that that I think will help the offense. Again, it's like the defense we still need to see more because I think the only guy that really fully looked competent offensively with the starters has been Evan Fournier. And the only guy off the bench has been Jeff Green. Yes. Don't, yeah, don't, let, don't let the internet hear you saying Jeff Green is a good basketball player. Serge Ibaka, <laughs> Serge Ibaka had his flashes. Mm-hmm. And I, I you, know, you and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. I, I think that he's in for a very good year. You think he is. And we're, he was a bright spot for the team in the in the preseason but you know there's still going to be growing pains there and it's like i mentioned they still have to figure out where players want the ball and yeah. we've seen it with we've seen it guys i feel i feel like guys were trying to force it a little bit especially mm-hmm. aaron gordon who's still working his way back from that ankle injury. And, and, and I, he looked a lot better on Thursday. He probably looked the best he's looked all, all preseason on Thursday. So he's, he's getting there and he'll, he'll be, he'll be the first promising. to admit he's not, he's not there yet. And, and I, I think he did admit that after the Atlanta game I when he so, was, yeah. he was icing his ankle and he said that his ankle was in pretty, pretty rough shape. And then he sat out the, the game in Miami. So, you know, it's it's going to take time. It, it'll get to the point where it might not be pretty, but it'll be serviceable. I think. Yeah, and, and I mean, and my concern, you know, is my concern all summer has been less about the offense. You know, I think we both kind of recognize, and I think the Magic certainly recognize that uh, defense is their ticket to the playoffs, and and, mm-hmm. and to the to the. I mean, ten of the top eleven teams by defensive rating last year made the playoffs you can make the playoffs on an elite defense and a sub optimal offense and and I think that's kind of the team the magic are going to be uh it's why you see them so low in kind of league pass rankings and and entertainment and watchability rankings I think they came in 29th in one of those and one of those uh that was somewhere on on a website somewhere um it's it's going to be difficult on offense they just don't have a guy who can create shot a shot for himself and get into the paint without a pick and roll and and really the best guy at doing that on the team is is Alfred Payton and teams are going to still go under him and force him to shoot jumpers um I think what Payton did really well against New Orleans uh and I and I, I referenced that New Orleans game a lot because that was essentially the magic stress rehearsal but he did really well in that game was get into the paint cause the defense to collapse a little bit and he was able to find people off of off of his own driving and so that's going to be something that he's going to have to constantly do Fournier is going to have to help they're going to have to get post-ups for Vucevic and Ibaka and 
at the end of the day, there's going to be a hefty amount of possessions where there's a lot of standing around on the perimeter and not a lot going on or some bad spacing as they kind of figure some of this stuff out. It's, this, isn't, this isn't a team built to score 120 points per night, despite right. my 2K it, abilities. <clears throat> right, and I, th- I think one positive that we can take away, too, is, well, I think that there's still going to be some growing pains for him, and there's still clearly some issues with his shooting consistency and turnovers. I think that Alfred is going to have a better year because I think we saw him show more of a willingness to shoot the ball, yes. which is is so big. And he's, you know, he knocked down some more more jumpers than we have seen him do previously. So I think that's going to be really big for the offense because if your point guard doesn't give you much, you're you're in trouble. Which, yeah, you know he's not going to be, you know, knocking. He's not going to knock down five three pointers a game and give you twenty two points and eight eight assists like some point guards will. But if he can get up to the you know fifteen six six or seven and five rebounds, that's that's good for for where he's at right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and his defense just has to get back to where it was his rookie yeah. year. I think that's the big thing with, with Peyton. So, I mean, I, I think that transitions us to, to kind of where we see this team going and, and how this team achieves its goals because uh, there's no doubt, I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum. Everyone here has previewed it, essentially. Everyone who's talked about the Magic has previewed it. This team is aiming to make the playoffs this year, and I don't think there's any other goal for this team. I mean, if, if it takes 38 wins to make the playoffs, 38 wins is success. If it takes 45 wins to make the playoffs, 45 wins is a, is a success. They're just trying to make the playoffs. And so I, I think as we've broken this team down, there are just certain players that need to take a step up, that need to do things that maybe they've never done before in order for this team to succeed. Alfred Payton's probably is certainly one of those that needs to take a step up. Aaron Gordon's another to you, what's the key for this Magic team to to achieve their goals and make the playoffs this year? Ooh. Um, obviously, they have to have a top, I would say probably a top five defense because they've the moves that they made were so centered on being that defensive team that they've wanted to be for the last three years now i mean it's about how long they've been talking about having that defensive identity and i think they made some strides last year but they never really got there even when they were playing really well in november and december which i I don't mean to humble brag here and flip the hair a little bit but (laughs) i uh i correctly predicted that falling apart really quickly I so i don't think any of us predicted it that bad but you and i were both like pumping the brakes on that on that december run yeah um but if they can if they can be like a you know maybe maybe if they're, even if they're like sixth or seventh defensively and then if they can get to like 23 24 offensively i think that might be enough for them to you know really have that legitimate chance of making the playoffs. And you and I have talked about this. I know you've said this. 
the big key for them this season is the step that Aaron Gordon takes because I think we're getting to the point where they're going to be putting all their eggs into the Aaron Gordon high-flying basket because he seems to be the guy out of the young young core that they still have that potentially has it. We're both a little bit worried about Mario Hazonia, who's struggled throughout the preseason. And we know his, his issues, especially on the defensive end, are becoming very apparent, I think, for, for us. And, and that's a big issue, especially if he's not knocking down a shot because then he's not really giving the team much. But you know, if Aaron's not getting it offensively, he can still get after it defensively and make a big impact. So, you know, those are I think the biggest keys for them to to being a, a good team and potentially making the playoffs. Yeah, I I okay. I posted my my uh, predictions for the season on Twitter earlier. Um, <laughs> I I don't have them in the playoffs. I think I think they improve. I I I do think they get better. I just think that the rest of the East is still better than them right now. And they're, they're, the struggles that they're going to have offensively in some games are going to be too big, too big and too much to overcome that they'll end up losing some games because, you know, even if their defense is on, if they can't score, you know, you might lose the game, you know, 70 to 65 but that's still a loss. Yeah, and I don't think it'll ever be I don't think we'll see many games that bad. Like this isn't a team so, that's going to so that's going to fight for 60 like like a certain so magic you're, team. You're not saying the Celtics are going to hold them to 58 points. No, no, no. I I I think that I, Dark unless times. unless yeah, it, it, that, was, that was that was bad. That was bad. That lockout season was bad. Um but uh yeah, I mean, I think, I think like, I, I too don't have the Magic in the playoffs, and, and I'll be releasing my predictions uh, with, the, with the Orlando Magic Daily Roundtable on Wednesday. Um, I don't have the Magic in the playoffs either, but I also think that, uh, you know, they'll be, like, they'll be better. They'll, they'll be in the race till the end of the season. I, I think that, that defense is good enough to carry you that far, uh, but... I think there's going to be too many hiccups early in the season, especially. I think the Magic have to pick up some wins early in the season. I think, especially even for buy-in, I think they need to get off to a, a, a solid start. And I think the learning curve is, is still very high. I still have my questions about Nikola Vucevic. He's much better defensively. Uh, I think his, posi- his defensive positioning has been much better. But teams are still attacking him and still scoring on him. And, and I, I, I am concerned whether you can be the defense this team needs to be with him as your starting center. And I'm also so concerned with Aaron Gordon growing into what they need him to be, especially coming off this injury, which is a, which turned out to be much more serious than, than the magic led on when, when they announced that he was going to be out for the beginning of training camp, it sounded like, Oh, he rolled his ankle where, you know, we, we told him to rest up and, and not, you know, stay off of it. It still sounds like it's, it's bothering him. So it might've been a, a more serious uh, sprain, sprain than, than originally uh, thought, but um, you know, it didn't slow him down completely. But it's going to take some time for him to get up to speed, and you know, even then, who knows what he is? And I think that's really important for the Magic to to figure figure that all out um, because 
like you said, he's kind of the, the guy that they drafted that they're banking on the most at this point uh, to 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 lead this team and and be the 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 guy that they essentially tanked two years for, like like they did. Yeah, um, I, I still think that this team is is really hard to to really put together. Yeah, mainly mainly because we haven't seen them full yet. You know, it seemed like every preseason game, somebody was out either due to an injury and, or they were just getting Vogel, rest. And Vogel said that was partly by design. Like he doesn't want to. He said he didn't want to play everyone every game uh, during the preseason. Yeah. So, so that's that's part of his philosophy. And and whether it's right or wrong, we'll find out. Uh, you know, once the season begins. But um, you know, he got his dress rehearsal, and you know, the Magic were really bad in the first half. Looked like they were barely a functioning team and then the second half they stepped it up and and dominated the pelicans so who who broke the table david west style at halftime in that game i do not know um it was probably frank vogel i mean he was not happy in that first half and <clears throat> excuse me um and they came out with a much more physical mindset um, the defense that Evan Fournier put on in that second half was just so much. I've never seen him get up into a guy. Um, I think at one point, and, and I, I, I did a whole podcast on this, uh, Frank Vogel said to, to play good defense, you need the opponent to smell you. Like, he literally said to smell you. Um, that, um, that's, 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 that's the kind of defense he's looking for. So, okay, I'm going to keep that in mind next time we play pickup. Yeah, um, yeah no, don't, don't do that. It's pickup. You, okay, um, this is completely unrelated, but I, I think this is something that's that's very cool. Um, so obviously tonight is uh, opening night. The Warriors are going to be giving out Craig Sager T-shirts, and Twitter is going to be debuting a hashtag Sager Strong hash flag. Nice. Starting nine a.m. Tuesday, which. Um, if you want to see the picture of that, you can uh, check out Rachel Nichols' uh, Twitter account. She just sent it out. It is amazing, and I kind of wish I had that blazer now. That that sounds that sounds awesome. And you um, know, uh, and and you know, of course, Zach. Wednesday is a special day for the Orlando Magic. Um, it it being opening night, of course, and also the Magic's opportunity to uh, to to honor the victims of of the Pulse nightclub shooting. So it's going to be a very emotional night in the Amway Center. And, Zach, if I were to tell you what the best way to get tickets were for for, for that game, what what would you say? Based on the fact that I I listen to every vertical podcast (laughs) and I I listen to the low post with Zach Lowe, I would say that my choice would be Seeky because they can give me money back. But I don't know. Do you, do you have something better for me? Uh, well, it is Seeky because Seeky is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the basketball games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year. And with Seeky, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. Zach, do you have the Seeky app on your phone? I do not, but I, I did have it previously. Well, you should you should re-download it because it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, anywhere, Zach, 
and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season. I've got the the, the tickets lined up. I know you don't need tickets because because we're media, we get we get in. Uh, but I've got the 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 seat geek for this Wednesday's game lined up. If you want to get in to the Amway Center. You can get in really it's kind of amazing actually. I'm actually surprised by this. Tickets are going for as low as forty seven dollars uh to get into the Amway Center for opening night. So tickets are going fast. And so if you're trying to get to the Amway Center for the game, SeatGeek is the way to go. They have everything you need. They have a little map of the Amway Center with these these dots on there. If you see a green dot, that means you're getting a good price. Now, SeatGeek always gets the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. That's what that green dot means. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Do you know what the best part of all this is, Zach? What is it, Phil? Well, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Here's what you have to do to get your $20 rebate. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I am giving away giving away some SeatGeek swag here. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. You enter the promo code LOMAGIC, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So, Zach, next time you need to need tickets to anything, go to download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMAGIC today. Now, for, for that promo code, is it a capital L, capital O, capital M? It is a capital everything. Capital everything. Or not. I don't know. I don't know if it's case sensitive, but there, there it is. That's, 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 that's what it is for today. That, that's very important because I know that our, our Wi-Fi password in the Amway Center is very case sensitive. It is. Uh, <clears throat> so no one, no one should be using it but us. Because um, I remember last year on opening night, the internet crashed inside the Amway Center. Let, let's hope that doesn't happen again. Let's, let's we, hope, let's hope so, it doesn't. Some of us are on deadline. Neither some, one of us are. Some of us, some of us are. Uh, some of us would like to get to bed before 5 a.m. Uh, speaking of that game Wednesday, Zach, what are you expecting for opening night? Obviously, it's a very different Miami Heat team. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big division game. It's going to be an emotional night in the Amway Center. Like I said, it's, it's opening night, so there's always that kind of excitement as well. What's, what's your, what are you looking to most in, in this game Wednesday for the Magic to, to, to get a win and, and to find some success, success to start the season? Well, I'm expecting it to be very dusty in the Amway Center, especially before the game. I know the, uh, the Pulse Memorial that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be doing is going to be, uh, probably pretty heavy for a lot of people. Um, so that, that's going to be a great, I think it's going to be a great way to start, to start the game because it's, it's something that needs to be done. But once we actually get to the game, um, I, I think we'll see some turnovers. Um, we'll see Hassan Whiteside blocking shots and, the Magic may be scoring 20 points in the first quarter, uh, which I know is, has, has been, a, been a problem in the preseason. Um, but no, I, I, in all seriousness, I think that we're going to be seeing two teams that are still getting there. You know, The Heat are in a position where they're making a, a big transition from Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade to now Hassan Whiteside and Goran Dragic's team. And then Justice Winslow 
waiting in the wings to to really take over. So it's a big transitionary period for them. You know, I think Eric Spolster is one of the the better coaches in the league, and he doesn't really get enough credit for what he's done because of the amount of talent that he's had on his rosters. I think this is a year that he really kind of shows us how good of a coach he is. Um, man, I guess I'm I'm hyping the heat up for having them finishing uh, 13th <laughs> in the East this year, but um, you know I, I think there's 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 things to like there, but this is a Magic podcast, so you know I think the Magic. I honestly think the Magic end up winning. I think that everything that's going to go on will kind of give them a little bit, a little bit more of an edge, in a way. And I think that, you know, I, I think that having that strong second half against the Pelicans the other night is going to end up being really good for them because it's going to give them that confidence and that extra little push. Like, okay, we figured something out here. Now let's go and and put it into place when we need to, because. If you start off the season with a loss, it can go downhill fast, especially when you're going on the road with a, a tough back-to-back against Detroit and yeah. Cleveland on uh, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, that one's that one's not going to be not going to be easy. Um, you know, I think that I think you're right. I think the emotion of the evening is going to carry things through for the Magic. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I think we'll see both teams be relatively sloppy uh it being the first game uh both teams really not having a a strong offense uh but i think we'll we'll see an entertaining game i think we'll see uh some good from the magic and some bad uh it'll still be a continuing process but i i think that the magic uh find a way to pull it out uh you know through through the emotion of the evening through opening night they, they keep that urgency and that energy level up uh because of that uh and so i think that i think that will help the magic uh carry on to a win uh, but of course, it's it's the first game, so it's all kind of a crapshoot anyway. Uh, I think I think Miami will could is one of those teams that I think could start off decently well or better than people expect, but then kind of slowly fade and settle into where they're going to be in the standings. I, I think you know, kind I of like them, the Magic did last year. Yeah, kind of like the Magic did last year. I think they're they're a team that's you know they just don't they don't have it to last for the long run. But I think that first game they could they could potentially come out really sharp that first game because they've got a lot of veterans, a lot of guys who played together for a while and, and they've got kind of an established identity. That's something Eric Sprostra has kind of weaved into the fabric of, of that franchise and that program. Uh, See, they, they, they don't ha- have that consistency yet until they trade for Rudy Gay. Well, no one does until they trade for Rudy Gay, I think. Um, speaking, speaking of looking into the future then, uh, let's let's kind of turn towards some some bigger picture things. We, we've talked about the playoff playoff thing, but let's talk a little bit more about kind of like team superlatives. Who's who's the guy on this team that you think's going to surprise the most? Ooh, hmm. you know, I, I think, man, that's tough. I'm going to go with uh, DJ Augustine. Okay, I think that. Some people really question that um, that signing in, in the off season. You know, maybe the uh, you know with the amount of money that was that was out there and that was being thrown around to some players, I think that you know somebody probably would have thrown a little bit more at him, but they got that deal done early, and I think that he was one of the brighter spots for the team in the 
in the preseason. You know, he's he's a, a good veteran who's going to you know give the team some shooting. He'll push the pace, and I, I think that he's going to have a, a a pretty pretty good uh, pretty good year. Um, you know, is he going to have a good enough year to? push Alfred Payton a little bit more for that starting spot? I mean, I think we all know the Magic are invested in Alfred Payton, but um, there is some suspicion that, that you know, with that long-term deal that he's got, he could he could put some pressure on Alfred. Yeah, I, th- I think that, that that's a real possibility, especially if Alfred struggles some. We could start getting some some people pushing to say, hey, let, let DJ start. And, you know, you, you still have C.J. Watson waiting in the wings, too, who has has shown throughout the preseason that he's still a very very good backup point guard when he's healthy which unfortunately we didn't get to see much of last year so i I think that the dj can i think that you know the two of us have talked about this dj is much better off as a backup point guard at this point which is why i think he'll he'll do really well and i think he'll really be the rock in that second unit, especially in the backcourt right now that has some questions. You know, we don't know how well CJ Wilcox is going to do. I think it's a, it's a really big year for him to see if, if he's able to really kind of get it down on a new team. Uh, the Jody Meeks injury is still a big question mark and, you know, we don't really fully know how the, the, what, what's up with Mario Azonia. Is he going to be playing the two? Is he going to be playing three? So it, having that that steadying personality and that that steadying force back there, especially off the bench, is going to be big. Yeah, and Augustin, I, I thought he looked really good throughout the preseason. He seemed to be attacking well. His field goal percentages weren't great, but but that's preseason. I'm not going to freak out too much about that. Um, I think the Magic have a really solid backup point guard option, and he seems very comfortable. Uh, in running Frank Vogel's system. And so I think for that bench unit, which we saw a few times really carry this Magic team and give them a big lift energy-wise, uh, that's that's going to be huge for the team to have a, a veteran kind of keeping that, that ship steady and uh, and being able to, to push Alfred in practice, especially, I think, is, is a big thing. Uh, my big surprise, and, and this will roll into the next question I have, um, which we talked a little bit before before we started recording, but uh, my my big surprise I think is going to be Serge Ibaka. I think he's. I, I said this when the Magic got him that this is such a huge opportunity for him. There's a chance that he could finally really be unleashed. You can give him the ball a little bit, kind of kind of feed him in the post more than they did in Oklahoma City. And and all the suggestions were that when he did get the ball in the post, when he did get some opportunities to to attack on his own, he was okay. Just the Oklahoma City offense was never geared to do that for him. And, and certainly it wasn't last year when he had, when it, as his numbers continued to decline, while his block shots have, con- have declined and, and even his defensive wind shares and defensive blocks, pl- blocks plus minus declined, his rim protection stats stayed about the same. So you put him in a new defensive system, you allow him some freedom to maybe roam the paint a little bit more. Uh, you give him the ball a little bit more on offense offensively. And I think you're, you're due to see Ibaka's stats spike up a little bit. I think he'll still be able to do the pick and popping that he did in Oklahoma city you will still get his three-point opportunities. You just sprinkle in a few more post-ups, a few more uh, touches that, that allow him to attack off the dribble some. And, and I think you begin to unlock a little, bit more of, a little bit more of what Ibaka can do as well as anchor your defense and be the, the basketball unicorn that he is from the power forward position. I mean, I think there's still a lot of people who believe in what he can do on the defensive end. 
And, and that's why, you know, and so I'll, I'll turn this question to you next, but my bold prediction, and I, I think I said this on draft night or, or close to draft night or at least at Summer League, I think Serge Ibaka can be an all-star, can be the Orlando Magic's all-star this year and be a representative of uh, for the for the team in the in the Eastern Conference all, for the Eastern Conference All Stars this year, I think he is going to see that much of a bump and be that much of an impact defensively for the team. Um, he can just do so much for the team. Uh, what, what do you what do you think of, of that? And then what's what's your kind of bold prediction uh, for for the team this season? You know, I, I I think that's very fair. I think we we saw him really play well in the uh, in the off season and. Or not the off season, preseason. Sorry, feels like the off season. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> might as well be. And I, I think that he's the the bigger role for him offensively is going to be going to be good for him. And he has the 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 defense is, is still going to be there for him. So that that's not a big issue for me. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I can see it. I think it's going to be tough because there's going to be guys who probably deserve it a little bit more i i i haven't like even begun to thought about to think about all-stars um but you don't have you know. to you don't have to pick an all-star on this team i mean i think no uh, um but that that leads me to my bold prediction boldish prediction i guess um and i think the magic lead the league in offensive rebounding this year i, I touched on it a little bit before with with bismack biombo being one of the best offensive rebounders in the league. You've also got Nick Vucevic, who we know can inflate his stats a little bit uh, rebounding-wise with his tendency to play volleyball. Yambo <laughs> um, does that too, though. Sure, but that that just helps my narrative here, Phil. Stop trying to ruin it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, Serge Ibaka will crash the offensive board some. Aaron Gordon is, is going to get after the offensive boards. I think they, they have the personnel that will will crash the offensive boards especially considering they're probably going to miss a lot of shots yes. so there's going to be a lot of opportunities to have um to have offensive rebounds so i, I think that that's something that's that's a real possibility um if we if they still do it we're both a little unsure if they are um, but if they're still giving out the most improved player award, I think Aaron Gordon could get there if he has the year that I think he potentially can have. He just needs to stay healthy, which has been his Achilles heel so far. But I don't want to. I don't want to get too far into my bold predictions. Okay. Well, we'll we'll save we'll save that uh, for for another day uh, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean. I, 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 I mean, I think this team is, is going to be very capable on the offensive glass. I think that's going to be part of their offensive strategy, to be honest. It's, you have size. You've got to use it. Uh, yep. And so the Magic are, are going to use it. And, and certainly Ibaka and Biombo are athletic enough and, and, and speedy enough, and they've got the length to go for an offensive rebound and still track back and get – uh, get a block and and challenge a shot at least in transition if if things aren't moving too quickly if the defense slows them down enough and and we we even saw that in the preseason a few times I think that second quarter stretch against Atlanta where they were going up and down the floor and Ibaka and Biombo were blocking shots in transition was pretty much it's pretty close to what we saw you know this team being what we want it to be or what what Frank Vogel envisions it to be. Um, 
as we as we close down shop here, uh, you know, we both have the team out of the playoffs. Uh, we both don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, uh, but if this team doesn't make the playoffs, is that the end for Rob Hennigan? Is 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 this really a do or a, a playoff or bust team in reality? No matter what, you know. I think you and I are both kind of in it for the long game. We both kind of recognize that there's a long-term vision here. But if you're the GM of the Orlando Magic, are, are you really feeling the pressure entering the season to deliver deliver a playoff bid uh, to to the Orlando Magic franchise? Yeah, I think you have to be. You know, they've they've talked about how they want to be a playoff team, and that's that's good. That's that's what they should want to be. But I think that they can't put all their eggs into that basket and say that look if we don't make the playoffs it's a complete failure because like i said before rome wasn't built in in one night i know it this is going on what fifth year with no playoffs now but you know sometimes it just it takes that long like look at the utah jazz who i have one of the longer playoff droughts growing it feels like now i i, I don't know exactly I don't how been, i don't think they've been since they traded darren williams yeah that sounds about right so we're so what about that, so that's six seven five years now. Yeah. five six years now yeah you know it's taken them a while it, it's taken them a while but you know they've incrementally gotten better they've added the pieces that they needed to and now i think they're a top four, top five team in the Western Conference this yeah. year. And they should have been in the playoffs last year. I mean, if, if Derek Favors doesn't go down at the end of the season and Rudy Gobert doesn't deal with his injuries at the end of the season, they probably edge out Houston to make the playoffs last year. Yeah. Like, I, you know, like when I when I throw that stat out, the 10 of the top 11 defenses in the league made the playoffs last year. Utah's that one. Yeah, and I, I think that I, I saw a stat that they had the third best defense post-All-Star break last year. Yeah, and that was after having the top defense the year before, which got everyone excited about Utah. Yeah, you know, I think the Gordon Hayward injury is going to hurt them, but I, I still I like the piece that they brought in, and you know, I think that that's a good trajectory for the Magic. You know, they're a small market team that, yes, not be making the playoffs for an extended period of time hurts, but you know, you don't see them going and making these these huge changes which i think firing rob hennigan who i I think we both agree here has done a fine job i I think that you know sure there's a few moves that are that can be questioned but if you're a gm and you don't have any moves that can be questioned it seems like he's won every trade that he's made essentially except for the tobias until last until last february with the tobias harris trade Yes, and no. I mean, I th- I still think to an extent the jury's still out on that because we That's need right. to see the kind of impact that the guys that he was able to bring in because of trading Harris mm-hmm. makes. Because you know, if, there's no Biombo without trading Harris. Yep, and there's, there's no, no Jeff, <laughs> Yeah, there's there's no Serge Ibaka. There's no Jeff Green. Who don't talk nice, don't say nice things about Jeff Green on the internet. Um, and there's potentially no DJ Augustine, you know. Yeah. So there's there's your big your big off season pickups right there, you know. 
I, I still think the jury's out on that. That's another conversation for probably in about December or January once we uh, yeah once once we get a little more footing and and, and I think yeah. and I think the magic the, the really the goal this the goal this year for the team is obviously make the playoffs. But as far as job decisions, as far as decisions about the the franchise's future, uh, I think that what what's really clear to me from what the magic did is they need to establish a path to the playoffs. Whereas yes. the last two years when the Magic openly said we're ready to compete, we're ready to make the play, we're ready to fight for the playoffs, the team's identity never took root. The, 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 it, they still seemed like a collection of talent rather than a, a team that was heading in a direction. Everyone said, oh, they're young. They've got all these young pieces. It's inevitably going to come together and work. It, it never really felt that way when you watched a team for long stretches of time. They just, they just never had you know, a sense of who, who they were going to be. And, and that certainly gets reflected in free agency when you're marking the free agents. This is our plan. This is who we plan to be. But when you're on the court, that's not who you are quite yet. So I think what the Magic need to do this year, and, and, and I, I do think they'll achieve this, um, is be in the playoff hunt till the very, very end, if, not make the playoff, if you're not going to make the playoffs, uh, and have a clear identity set and a clear direction to move forward. This is this is who we are. These are the pieces that are going to be part of part of that, and the rest we can figure out what to do with moving forward. And then we can add pieces that will bolster the the core that we have or the group that we have that we want to keep. Uh, and I think that's why it's so important to learn what Alfred Payton is, to learn what Aaron Gordon is, to to some extent figure out if Mario Zonia is is going to be someone that you need to keep that you're going to keep around for for a little while longer. Uh, they've got to they've got to start figuring these pieces out to. Uh, to 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 make a step forward with bigger name free agents and uh, and become a perennial playoff team rather than just a team that's just trying to sneak in and and make their appearance, wave their flag, and be happy about it. Yeah, I think that, and I've I've gotten some flack for this. I think that not making the playoffs would honestly be slightly better for them than making the playoffs and getting the doors beat off of them. Uh, I'm, I'm not willing to go that far. See, like, I get it. I, I know that having that playoff experience is, is good, but, I mean, four games against that Cavs team, like, you're probably... I mean, uh, this... I don't think, I don't, I don't think this Magic team is, to, like... I guess it depends if you're Detroit or if you're, uh, let's say, Orlando 2007. And Orlando 2007 still ended up working out. Like, Detroit last year played, got swept, but it was all close games and you left that series feeling this team's got something. Like, they're not there yet. But they think, needed that experience to take that next step up. I think Detroit was a lot closer. No, I, I agree with that than, too. Than this Magic. But especially especially for a Magic team that regardless of what happens, if, if the Magic – let's play this – I mean if we play this scenario out that the Magic are just outside the playoffs or in the playoffs, they've got to keep Serge Ibaka. And, and yes, uh-huh. they have all the financial incentives that they can throw at him, but – Ultimately, he's going to decide, can I win with this team? 
And I think you have a better chance of convincing him and convincing others that you can win if you're in the playoffs. And yeah. the difference between picking 15 and 14 to me is, is minimal. So I'd rather get those extra four games, make everyone feel happy. We're back in the playoffs. You know, it, it, it creates a different atmosphere. And, and not only that, you know, Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier have played in the playoffs, but not as key players. And, and I think that experience of having to game plan for a specific opponent, even if you get swept, you realize how hard it is, how intense it is, and that's important in a young player's growth. I mean, it's rare that a team makes the playoffs for the first year and does really, really well. Like, if you're a team that's full of first-time playoff guys, you're going to get, you know, deer in the headlights a little bit. You're going to get caught wide-eyed. And, and that's, that's, that's something you – that's a growing pain you've got to go through. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, you touch on there's not a big difference picking 14 to 15. I think that with how bundled the East is from like six to 12, six to 13 ish, you know, the magic might end up, you know, a game, maybe a game and a half out of the playoffs, but finish 12. Yeah. Just, just because of how close it all is. And, you know, that could put them, you know, picking, ninth eighth ninth maybe depending on how their record stacks up with everyone in the west too so i think that the difference between picking eighth or ninth to 14th or 15th is but but if i mean but if you're if you're if you're a game and a half out of the playoffs you're going for the playoffs you're not worried about yeah yeah at that point sure and yeah which i i fully agree with but what i would worry about and this is something you tackle in february or january is if you're the magic and you're half game out or you're, you're, you're hovering on that playoff bubble, do you push in more chips, more long-term chips to make sure you get in over writing out what you have? And if you make it great, if you don't, okay, you know, we're still growing for the long-term. That's, that's the part that concerns me about the magic being all in for the playoffs. And I think that's, that's the point where we'll learn, who this ma- what this Magic team's real intent is. Are they still about be building a sustainable winner and maintaining long-term assets, which even through all the moves this summer, they still did that. I still think they have a fair amount of financial flexibility uh, and, uh, and, and future assets to, to play around with. Uh, but are they going to sell all that out to be the seventh seed or the eighth seed in the playoffs? And, and if, if they're doing that to be the eighth or seventh seed in the playoffs, I think that's a, I'd rather miss the playoffs and stick with a, with a more organic growth growth route than to push all in just to be seven and say we got there i think that that you know bringing up you know if they decide that that it's playoffs or bust and they have to make a move is is interesting to to bring up because i think that they can do that but still kind of give themselves some a flexibility but but b not completely shoot themselves in the foot moving forward because you can there's younger guys in the league that could potentially be available sure that could come in and and make that impact you know maybe he's not a a a real sexy name or somebody that a lot of people think of but 
a, a guy like maybe a TJ Warren from the Suns, if it doesn't work out there, if he's a, he's a guy who has the potential to be a small forward for the future, he can score some, you know, maybe, you know, you make a move for somebody like that. That isn't like a big name, but still young can, can come in and make an impact. You know, I've tossed around Danilo Gallinari, who's still, actually, I don't even know how old Gallo is at this point. Um, it feels like he's been in the NBA for like 15 years. It does. Um, but you know, somebody like him, him, he would be interesting. Cause I think he's still young enough. He came in at 18 ish. Sounds about right. Um, that, you know, you trade for him. Danilo Gallinari is still 28. Jeez. He's wow. He's he, just in his prime now. Yeah. I mean, he was drafted in 2008. So if you, if you get a guy like him, he's still young going into his prime. I, I don't think that making that push saying, Hey, we're all in on the playoffs would be completely terrible. Then if you're trading for a guy like Rudy Gay, who's, you know, reaching the end of his, his prime and is probably who potentially leaves at the end of the year, then that's where it gets hairier. You make a move like they did last season, bring in Brandon Jennings and her yeah. son, Ilya Sova. And Oh yeah. Yeah. You don't want to that. That's, those. that's when you get into the problems, but you know, I think that if you make this a smart move, you, you can, it can be justified. Sure. Sure, sure. And, and of course, you, you want to make a move that both helps you short-term and long-term. That's, that's how they sold the Brandon Jennings, Arson Olisova deal. It, well, it didn't quite work out short-term, but, but it did give them some long-term flexibility as far as, as cap, extra cap room. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into the trade, trade waters. Um, it's, it's November. It's October. There it's aren't August. Trade, yeah, what month is it? It's, it's, it's some month where there aren't trades happening. Trades will happen in a, in a, few, in a few months, and I'm sure the Magic – We'll be heavily involved in those talks because, yes, there is that logjam at center, and, and no one knows what's going to happen with that except that Nikola Vucevic is probably going to start the year as the starter, uh, and, and we'll dig into those weeds as as we get deeper into the season. Uh, I think that about covers uh, the, the storylines for the beginning of the season and, and looking ahead to uh, to the, 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 the regular season now that, that, that the preseason's over and we have a little bit of information on the Orlando Magic. Zach, uh, Tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter and what's coming up on Orlando Pinstripe Post. Yeah, you can find me at Zach Oliver NBA on Twitter. And, you know, we, we have basketball to start covering soon. Um, yeah. uh, Corey Hudson had a, had a, had some fun time with, uh, with some fake prop bets for the magic, uh, which went up today. Um, it's actually a lot of fun. Um, and there's some, some interesting stuff in there that, that people can go and, you know, decide if they think the magic will be good at, at a certain area or not. Um, and, uh, Will Ogburn has a story that he's, that he's working on that is probably going to incite a riot. Um, he wouldn't be doing his job if, 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 it, if it didn't, if, it, if we didn't, didn't incite one riot every day within magic Twitter. Yeah. Um, it's about Evan Fournier. Um, so Uh-oh. we'll just, we'll leave it at that. Uh-oh. So, yeah, there's a there's there's gonna be some fun stuff coming, and I'm I'm excited for the season to start. Um, my one question to you. Sure, sure. You know, we've been getting the uh, roster cuts across the league the last about 
36 hours or so now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Teams are supposed to be down to 15 by Today, by, five o'clock, by 5 yeah. o'clock yesterday. Did you see any any name that intrigued you that you would say that the Magic should you know, maybe look at to either add to the Erie Bayhawks or even potentially waiving someone that they have to add to the roster. This, this feels like a setup uh, because my, my guy, Patricio Garino, was cut by the, by the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, was he? Yeah, he did. I, I believe so. I, I don't believe he made, made the Spurs roster. I suspect he'll end up with the Austin Spurs. Uh, but uh, if he had to ask me picking between him or Nick Johnson, I'd probably take Garino. I don't know if I'd take anyone off the Magic's current roster for him, um, where they're kind of stacked at that two-guard two spot right now. Uh, but uh, I was surprised that he didn't make the Spurs roster, uh, and, and I would love to have him back in the Magic system. I think he showed a lot of potential as a, as a defender, decent shooter, uh, you know, someone who I think, you know, not, not, you know, someone who can, who can grow into a better player. And, and certainly the Spurs knew what they were doing when, when they, when they picked him up. And so uh, obviously when the Spurs do something, they must know something. Uh, other than that, um, Archie Goodwin looks is, is intriguing just for the talent. Um, I, I know the magic may have been after him at, at some point, uh, you know, during those Eric Bledsoe days, uh, a few years ago, uh, he might be intriguing to, to bring to bring in for a tryout, but um, you know I think the Magic made the right move keeping Rudez. Um, I, I I don't mind Onuaku, Orinze Onuaku. I, I like him. I, I I just don't know if he's exactly what the Magic need. I, I maybe prefer a little more versatility uh, from that from that spot. Um, but the Magic do need a third center, so uh, Onuaku is, is 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 a fine guy to have. Uh, you know, someone who's who's at least familiar with what the Magic are trying to run. So I, I really don't have any complaints with the Magic's uh, Magic's roster or even who they're going to end up sending down to down to Erie. Um, I think Brendan Dawson will probably be there. I like Kevin Murphy. Um, if we could get Travion Henry away from the from the Green Greensboro Swarm, that would make me happy. But uh, I don't think they'll be able to do that. I think he'll end up uh, playing for the Swarm this year in in North Carolina. Yeah, um, I I too generally agree with the the roster moves did, that they I, did, made. I, say, I was, did i say trevion henry i meant trevion graham trevion graham trevion trevion henry is a is a former northwestern safety uh he plays for the uh who does he play for now he plays in the nfl somewhere i forget where uh but shout out to trevion henry uh north broward prep i believe see i i was just kind of letting letting you go for it um <laughs> I sounded so confident too. Yeah, I, it's just I like thought, Trevion, Trevion Henry. I've I've talked about him for five years. I mean, uh, Trevion Henry plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe. Bucks. Good for Trevion. I, I believe, but um, yeah, you know, I I think that that generally they they made the the right moves. I thought that Damian Rudez really earned his spot, and I think that 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 was a spot that was probably sealed up pretty early. I was a little bit surprised that they kept Lorenzo Onowaku. I thought that they would, you know, only keep 14 guys and keep that roster flexibility for, you know, the chance that, that a name that they really were intrigued by did get cut. Um, the, the guy that I, that I would look at is somebody you mentioned, um, Archie Goodwin. Mm-hmm. I think that, there's there's a lot of talent there, and man, I am about anybody who 
tries to dunk on everybody. <laughs> and Archie Goodwin does that. So I would be very intrigued to watch an Archie Goodwin, Aaron Gordon uh, dunk contest in practice because there might be too many hops in the Amway yeah. Center then. I wonder, I wonder what those Orlando Magic-specific dunk contests are going to be like now without Victor Oladipo. Uh, I'm sure the, Gore, the Gordon Oladipo dunk contest that happened behind closed doors uh, where they battled for who was going to represent the Magic in the dunk contest was, uh, were, were pretty epic. I, I imagine that Aaron... Um, I imagine Aaron won, too. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, that, that's, that's another thing. Does Aaron go to the dunk contest again this year? If Levine's in, Aaron's in, and they make it just a one-on-one contest, unless someone like blows people away and they're like, they've got to get him in. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would pay good money to uh, to watch Levine and Gordon. Just, just those just two. Just one on one. Just one on one. Just like, just close down the gym. Just let those two. Let those two dunk as many times as they need to see like i think i think i think their dunk contest would be so good that you could bring back the dunk wheel and they would still be amazing or and in fact i would love to in fact it sounds hokey but i think the dunk wheel would be incredible because then you'd really have to be testing their spontaneity they wouldn't have time to prep a dunk for it or they It'd be tough, but we could do an all old man dunk contest and throw Vince Carter out there. <laughs> throw like Vince Carter, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce can't, can't couldn't get off the ground ten years ago. Okay, well Vince Carter. Uh, there, there's got to be somebody else, right? There's got to be some um, other old guys that can dunk. Serge Ibaka was in the dunk contest at one point. That went terribly. Javale McGee could probably still get up. Did he make the Warriors roster? I don't know. Oh, here's here's another idea. Take the take the top two finishers of the NBA D League dunk contest yes. and put them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Put them up against Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. Absolutely. See what happens. Because I know that. Those guys in the D, the guys in the D League come up with some ridiculous the, the stuff. Dunk, the D League dunk contest is consistently better than the NBA dunk contest. Last last it, year, excluded I, perhaps. But. Yeah, um, I I would I would also pay very good money for that. Um, did, did DJ Steffens make the uh, make a roster? I, I do not know. He was fighting. I want to say he was he was somewhere. Um, if he made a roster, he was, he was released by the Grizzlies today. He was released, uh, but still, yeah, I, I would, just I that. would have put DJ Stevens in there and just seen what happens. Cause I think, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody jump as high as he does. Yeah. And that, those dunks he had against the magic in the preseason were, were pretty, pretty incredible to uh, already dunks of the year. Um, I think that'll just about do it for us. Uh, Zach, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. And everyone, make sure you check out SeatGeek. They're great, um, and yeah. you'll be very happy.
Yes, you will be because they have they have tickets for for everything essentially, and and there's not just Wednesday's game. Of course, there's 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 40 games after that, and there actually are 40 games this year because we're not going to London for a home game. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all those great places that you can find podcasts. Get it automatically downloaded to your podcast device, computer, wherever you listen to podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, we surely appreciate it. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It does help us climb the rankings as the Locked On Podcast Network, if you didn't know, is the largest, uh, is the fastest-growing podcast network on iTunes. Uh, some of our podcasts are firmly entrenched in that top 200 for uh, for uh, sports podcasts, so we're very thankful for that. Be sure to listen to all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, I'll be chatting, it looks like, with Locked On Heat tomorrow and possibly Locked On Cavs later on in the week as the regular season is finally here. For Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post, this has been Philip Rossenreich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. Until tomorrow, we will see you next time. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.